People are probably really curious to watch the tree fall. Could you make them a short reel or something that they could share on social that would be really fun? And just make it interesting and just add a little spice to it. So those are what a do, that's what I'm talking about when I say a do that. So ask yourself, what kind of exciting thing can you do to get people on the program to start? Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, anyone. Welcome. Today we are going to discuss more about digital, how you can get a lot of results. We are going to touch topics about subscription model, how you can monetize your efforts, how you can get a lot more from your efforts of getting uh, a loyal audience. I'm so excited to discuss a lot more with Lindsay Sutherland. How are you? I am so wonderful and grateful to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, big pleasure. Wanna learn more? I'm working on one big project. Uh, we are going to adapt subscription model. So it's useful for this project as well because we created a bunch of valuable tools, simple tools. So we are going to extend limits with using subscription. I cooperate with big clients in online games industry. They use this model as well. Uh, I know it's important to uh, provide this experience uh, because in my team, we spend so much time with uh, uh, creating, developing tools and we need subscription model. Lindsay, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, well, first of all, my heart comes from helping people live their, their, their best life. You know, both of my parents passed away before making it to retirement. And my dad was a solopreneur. He was a service trades guy. He did floor carpeting, you know, in the floors. And he worked until the day he died. So for me, being part of his family as a child growing up and watching him just work so hard. As an entrepreneur, I kind of got that little bit of uh, him in me, right? The entrepreneur spirit. But I definitely wanted to do it differently. I was like, this isn't going to work for me to work so hard for all my life, right? So I have been on a mission to figure it out. And, you know, it started a few years back where I really was looking at online business and building up e-commerce. I tried, you know, coaching, just all the different things that you see when you start to Google online business. And then it, and then I noticed I wasn't able to help service-based businesses, which is where my heart really was because of my dad. So it dawned on me that the subscription model, if he could have instituted a subscription model for his clients to offer some service that was going to keep him coming back, that would have made it really much more easy to scale his business. And that's kind of where it all started. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Lindsay, can you tell uh, what kind of difference you want to provide uh, compared to your dad? who worked so hard and for me, I think it's important to work hard, but uh, I, I, I think you want to work more smart. I mean, like uh, on this direction. So can you tell more about that? Yeah. You know, I remember when I was a little girl, um, I thought that because my dad was the boss, that meant he could take off time whenever. Right. And he would always say, no, he couldn't. And I never really understood that. Of course, being a little kid, 
until much later. In fact, I actually ran his business after he passed away. So it really became um, the moment of truth when I realized that even though he was doing it for me all those years growing up, I thought his business was priority. Well, I realized later I was the priority, but in his mind, he had to work hard to provide for us. And so just, you know, taking a step back and looking at that, I thought, uh, I love what a great thing my dad did. My dad really lived his, his passion and I want to do the same thing, but I want to help people also to live their passion, build up a legacy business, but something that affords them the time freedom and the financial freedom. So they don't have to sacrifice time with their family and, you know, being able to be there for their kids when they're sick, because now I'm a mom, right? So I want to be able to provide for my children the way that my dad couldn't provide for me. Awesome. Yeah, love it. I love your story. Uh, I'm pretty sure that your kids will be fine because of having such mom. And Lindsay, uh, let's talk more about uh, happiness. Uh, you know, uh, I, I checked some studies online that 70% of people are unhappy with their jobs. Some of them hate their jobs. It, it's a lot. Most people hate their jobs. And uh, I think it's better to find something that will bring happiness usually tell to anyone if you don't like your job leave it and you will never regret you need to find your passion you mentioned that your uh, father had this passion i think it's very important and i remember from my personal experience i started one project because of money uh, i got the feeling that i can fill the market gap to create this project but at that time hated monday i loved friday and uh, <laughs> after three years i wasted a lot of resources i hired a lot of people then i need to fire all of them so but uh, i quit i quit with this project and for me it's not a bad idea to give up if you hate it uh, it's the wrong choice everyone can make such wrong choices we don't know if it brings happiness or not so sometimes we need to test and yeah that was a big mistake because i didn't like this project i didn't like anything i just chased money you know uh, i want to be honest so can you tell for someone who plus 50 percent of people uh who hate their jobs what to do so tell how to find their digital journey yeah i mean anatoly you make a really good point so many people I have run across are chasing this dream of financial freedom and they're, they're chasing, they're putting profit above passion. And that is a true big mistake. I've been, I've made it. So I'm speaking from experience here because it took me a heck of a lot longer to get into sync with what I want to accomplish. And it sounds like you kind of went through a similar journey where, you know, you built, you put all your energy into building something just to find out that you don't feel fulfilled. And then what do you do? You start over. I mean, who wants to reinvent themselves? So I definitely encourage people to take some time to, I look at it like this. Have you ever heard of a Venn diagram? You remember in school where you took two circles and then they overlap. So they kind of look like, you know, the MasterCard logo. <laughs> and in yeah. one side, you might write like things that you are good at. And then on the other side, write things that you love to do. Like, where is there a blend where they come together? I mean, for me, marketing was something I was good at. Sales business was something that came naturally. I spent 20 years in the automotive industry. I got on the job training. 
but my passion is helping people, right? And so like putting those two together to really help solve their problem in a way that also brought me joy is exactly when I finally found that everything just kind of fell together. So I definitely encourage people to take some time to do an exercise like that because it is a journey. You're probably gonna mess up along the way or realize that you might've made a wrong turn. But as long as you keep your beacon moving towards what is your passion, you're going to find it eventually and hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, you remind me of this great book from Jack London, uh, Martin Eden, about the guy who uh, didn't have any education, experience, but he loved writing. And for me, uh, this story is 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 great because uh for me uh i choose the project even if it's my weak side even even if i'm not good with that but if i have passion it's possible that you can overwork others you know i mean like uh, to work plus eight hours a day and uh bring more value in some time of course it's tough in the beginning you can make a lot of mistakes but if you love it nobody can stop you and uh, uh, for example uh, people watch tv uh, six hours a day it's a lot uh, if yeah. you find something that you like you don't need to watch tv you can uh, just replace your other hobbies with something that you like where you can spend time so i can work on sunday evening on saturday night because i love it it's my right. passion yeah you know who neil patel is of course of course okay i kind of thought you might i watched a webinar he did and he was talking about this exact topic and you would think that a guy like neil patel it wouldn't matter at this point he can make any business work right and he can make it and and he doesn't even probably need to be involved in it because he's got a team and whatever well even he said that he decided to he saw that like health and fitness was a trending topic so he thought i'm going to make a business out of this and of course he did in like 30 days he was making 100k months because he's like the master at making it and he knew what he was doing but he even said he's like six months later i just didn't care about it i wasn't into it and so it just really goes to prove our point that it doesn't matter what point you are in your journey if you're getting started or if you've been at it for a while if you're not doing something you love like you said, you're just not going to stick with it. Yeah, uh, I spoke with Neil Patel on this podcast. I invited him. He's he's great. Uh, and uh, I, I like his uh, story about poker. So once he uh, decided to earn money with poker, so he found the gap that uh, poker uh, will be uh, uh, not illegal in the US. So it's like legal stuff. And <laughs> when he started this project, he failed because he didn't play poker <laughs> he didn't know how to play it so he decided to earn money and failed and um, i think uh, it's a good story for anyone it doesn't matter what kind of money you can earn uh, it's better to think about happiness if you like it then you can win in the long run uh, you can uh, get experience acquire experience in the long run and can overwork others in short run probably i don't know where possible you can if you feel some gap but it doesn't bring happiness and you will uh, fail in the long run because competitors can come to this gap someone who can work more hard the, to this gap so yeah uh, and uh, i remember i got a few times good money with uh, trending topics 
But if you don't like it, you can win in the long run. Just <laughs> it's better mm-hmm. to focus attention to your strong side, to go ahead, to your passion. And Lindsay, I wanna ask you about subscription model. Can you tell more about that? Uh, where to start? For example, I have some projects with uh, good traffic, uh, not bad. They are looking for ways how to monetize. Most of them usually monetize with paid marketing, affiliate marketing, or uh, even uh, to sell products. So it depends on the project. But can you tell about subscription model? What kind of benefits we can get by uh, creating this model? Okay. Well, obviously, I mean, we all, it's funny because we all know about the subscription model. We, we have our subscriptions to Amazon or Netflix or, you know, whatever we have them to. And so we under, we're familiar with it, but what we haven't done a lot of times is think, how can I make this work for me? Now, some of the people I've even had on my podcast have focused on like courses and, and uh, memberships. I would even challenge that to say that those are still very or can be very time for money exchange, which that's not bad. If it's a passion, go for it. But what I'm really focusing on here in the subscription model discussion is a more um, scalable approach. And that's one of the benefits that you're going to get with this as well as the fact that you get more time freedom, because ultimately what you're going to offer is something that can be somebody's going to pay for monthly that doesn't require your time to show up consistently, right? So just to give you an example, software as a service is a really strong model. Um, if you, have you heard of that? I'm sure, you, I'm sure you have, but I just wanted to reiterate that if, mm-hmm. if it's new to people. So for example, I offer uh, a tech solution that helps a lot of service-based businesses manage leads and get leads. Okay. So it ties right in with my digital marketing agency. However, what I'm doing is I'm helping people build a tech solution for themselves that's industry specific. So let me give you an example. One of my clients is a private investigator. She's also a fraud analysis. So she does like financial fraud analysis as part of her private investigation business. A lot of the the guys that become a private investigator are retired police officer or military. So although they're great at private investigating, they don't necessarily know how to start and run a business and especially the back end of the business. So we're working together to build a tech solution that she can bring to the market that is specific to private investigators and creates a subscription model. Because right now she's working literally case by case, like she's working with attorneys on cases. So this is going to make really free up her time and ultimately replace her income simply with a subscription model. But there's a really other important part to making this successful. And you you kind of talked about it earlier, and that was loyalty. You build loyalty from your clients by creating something that keeps them coming back. Um, and it's important to focus on retention more than any other business in this case. Yeah, I know. Because acquiring a new client costs five times more than uh, keeping your clients, uh, customers. So... If you uh, make your customers happy, you don't give them a strong reason to leave your subscription model. And um, Lindsay, can you tell how to give a strong reason to subscribe? Because uh, people don't want to pay any money. Uh, They want to get free stuff. And I remember this story uh, from Elon Musk when he bought Twitter. Today it's X. And uh, what he tried to do to... uh, 
force anyone to pay eight dollars a month for getting just page, nothing else. You know, for example, on LinkedIn, uh, I pay for a subscription model, but I have get some features, you know, features that can help me. Uh, if I pay on YouTube, I know that I can skip uh, this uh, uh, video ads and something like this. Um, so I get some benefits. I can listen to v uh, YouTube music for free, but uh, Elon Musk didn't uh, propose anything back, you know, just subscribe because I can uh, decrease your engagement. You can get this page. Nobody cares about this page. So tell how to give a strong reason better than Elon Musk uh, tried in the first attempt. Yeah, that's really the big. So I break it down into three steps. The first is finding the niche, which a lot of times I end up doing with clients based on what they're already doing or what they are passionate about. The second is solving a problem. Like the, the, the higher the problem that you solve, the more the more intense the problem, the more somebody's willing to pay for it. And that's really what Elon didn't do was solve a problem. Everybody's like, I don't need this in my life, so I'm not going to pay for it. Whereas, like you said, LinkedIn is offering you something that you need in your life. It's solving a problem for you and your business. So when you're thinking about building a subscription model for your business, really ask yourself, what problems do your clients have and what can you offer them that they would be willing to subscribe to. And ultimately that's going to even answer the question of like, what should you charge? Because it's going to be relevant to what kind of problem you're solving and how significantly will people want that problem solved. Mm -hmm. uh, can you help to find the balance between free and subscription? Uh, because it's not like if, I'm, if I create a great tool, awesome tool, valuable, but uh, people need to try it, to test it in demo version or in free version. And today it's popular to uh, share some uh, some for free, some features for free, some uh, data for free. Then to uh, tell, okay, you can subscribe to get more. So tell how to find this balance. Okay, well, it's an interesting question because it's, it's going to actually really be relative to the actual industry that you're serving. Um, I mean, if you're offering a tech solution, the number one thing you see is a 30-day free trial or a 15-day free trial, something like that. The key is to get them set up to a point where they are embedded into it, like they they need it in their life. They're using it. If the if your if your clients are not using the technology, they're probably not going to keep paying for it for very long. Now, if you're offering a service that is or a subscription model that's not so much tech oriented maybe it's like a okay think about um these types of subscriptions where you subscribe to clothes now they've got there's all kinds of things you see out there there's clothing in a box like a new closet wardrobe all these kinds of things mm -hmm. you could try it what you don't like you send it back you know so they make it so you can make it creative as well um it, i think the real key there is to give people a reason to keep coming back and make it worth their while so if you can do that in the first 30 days, then offer a 30-day subscription because you can be confident to know that they're going to keep coming back. And if that doesn't suit you or maybe your cost of goods is too high to offer that initially, what can you partner with? I call them doodads. So when you're when you're creating an offer, any offer in, in any type of business, you know, you can always sweeten the deal by offering doodads. Like what other extras can you do to throw in that are a little fun things. So like, for example, recently I was talking to a client 
they offer a tree service. They cut tree. We live in the forest. So they cut trees down for people when they're in a dangerous place. And they're, they're struggling because they're competing with people who come in with just a chainsaw, just some average Joe. They're not like licensed and bonded. Um, and so I said, you know, create your power offer. We talked about kind of the various things they could do. And I said, for a doodad, people are probably really curious to watch the tree fall. Could you make them a short reel or something that they could share on social that would be really fun and just make it interesting and just add a little spice to it. So those are what a do. That's what I'm talking about when I say a doodad. So ask yourself, what kind of exciting thing can you do to get people on the program to start? Mm -hmm. And, uh, can you tell how to uh, improve retention rate? For example, okay, if I found the reason uh, I convince people to subscribe, uh, but they can leave whatever they want, whenever they want. So tell how to keep them longer. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know how in your entrepreneurial journey, you end up buying programs, right? And I invested in a program that made all these promises and, you know, I was going to get 10 K months in 30 days and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it was, it was great to say a sales pitch and the onboarding seemed wonderful. Those two things are really important. you got to have a strong sales pitch and you do have to have a good onboarding, but if you don't have good client retention, like a, somebody who's checking in or even an automated process that's getting a pulse of what people are feeling while they're going through the program or while they're using it, you've completely lost touch with them. And that is such a critical component that is very overlooked, but honestly can be the thing that can reduce your turnover exponentially. Mm -hmm. uh, Lindsay, I want to share my experience with Microsoft. So I subscribed to one of the tools of Microsoft. It's called Azure. And on this tool, uh, I didn't use this uh, tool so because I found much better propositions, uh, cheaper. Uh, and I forget about this tool. Then I got the message that Microsoft uh, took my money uh, plus uh, $20, not a lot. So I, I joined to this tool uh, to unsubscribe. And I couldn't find this feature. I spent some time to, to search for unsubscri uh, unsubscription. Then uh, I forget about this one and uh, get a new message, a new message. It's like six months. Uh, I paid, uh, if I remember correctly, plus uh, $180 for. Uh, then I decided, no way, I don't want to pay all my life for this tool that I don't use at all. And uh, uh, that was tough to reach out to support him. So I spent time to find uh, the support message i reached out to them and microsoft uh, uh gave back all my money for all these months but that was annoying you know to find this unsubscribe unsubscribe feature that was annoying to reach out to them and i wasted a lot more than uh i can allow you know uh, for 180 dollars probably it's better sometimes to, <laughs> to have it so uh, i want to ask you uh is it good idea to hide this unsubscription uh model in your tool as microsoft does uh, i think it's very simple to subscribe on microsoft but very tough to unsubscribe so <laughs> any tips about that yeah well i mean that's a really good thing to think about because you know online world your reputation is pretty much all you have to stand on these days so 
if you were to have left them a negative review about, you know, I'm really frustrated and that's what people will do. They may not take the time like you did to go find the unsubscribe situation. They might just blast them all over the internet with bad reviews because they're so frustrated. You wouldn't want that to happen because that's going to deter people from signing up in the future. So I definitely would say be very transparent that that is in my opinion. And I, I think a lot of people are starting to feel this way. Hope, thank goodness that our online world really transparency, honesty, you know, straightforwardness. Those are the things that are people are hungry for. So if you can meet those demands along with solving a problem, you have a winner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I love it, but I still see the same issue with other tools, probably not tough like on Microsoft, but um, I, I tried many different tools and it was tough to find a subscription model. Probably it's a business model to uh, retain busy people like me, you know, <laughs> their subscription. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I was going to tell you about a story. I signed up for a uh, syllabi. Have you heard of syllabi? It's no. this it's this software where it makes your social media content for you mm -hmm. using AI, like video content, right? Totally fabricated. And um, I happen to know the founder and I thought, oh, I'm going to give it a try because, you know, I'm friends with this guy and I'm like, I want to see what it's about. And I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. I honestly, I, I, I was just like, it felt creepy because you could kind of tell that the AI was a little fake. Like you could kind of tell. And so I unsubscribed within the first 30 days and he had a really good model though. This is what I would say. If you're going to have an unsubscribe model, be sure to take time to get the feedback because he really did like, it was this questionnaire I had to fill out and, you know, be candid, please tell me why are you unsubscribing? And I told him, I'm like, I would try it again, but you got to improve this one thing. It was a, it was a new launch. So, uh, you know, it worked out. And I think that's the value. If you can find out why people are unsubscribing, at least you then have a chance to fix it and make it better, you know, for the future. So. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Lindsay, uh, let's talk about technical aspects. Can you tell uh, how to uh, develop all this subscription model? Because it's not simple. Uh, and I know from personal experience to even create sign in button to have this an admin panel. So any tips how to do it I don't know, or simplifying experience on that? <laughs> okay, well, it does take time. I mean, that is the truth. I, I will tell you, it's something that does take a lot of thought. Um, so the, law, the, law, the, the difference I think is like, this isn't like an e-commerce store or drop shipping where you can spend a good 20, 30 hours straight and be done and have a store ready to go. It's definitely gonna be, something you need to do some market research on. There's some thinking that needs to go into it. Um, and then from the technical side, as far as like the digital side, you know, if you're not tech savvy, I would say then to look at outsourcing at least the setups, which this is part of my model, the way I help people build tech stacks. Um, we kind of do a lot of that heavy lifting for you as part of our service. Plus, we also have the ability to offer you customer service. There goes your help with onboarding and retention, right? Because that's really important. So there's ways to get it done. And again, it's going to depend on the industry that you're in and what you're, tech, what you're fully offering. But um, I don't know. If, did that answer your question? Is that what you were asking me? Uh, I mean, like, uh, can we use some templates or uh, any other solutions to uh, provide this technical aspects, especially 
about money. You know, if someone will leave a credit card, you need to be sure that uh, nobody will steal this data. So um, I'm not sure it's a good idea to use unfamiliar solutions. I usually uh, check authority, trust if I can use it or not. And uh, uh, I usually check uh, uh, companies that can implement that. I mean, like uh, dev uh, developers. Uh, and I had that experience. Someone um, edit, I don't know how, malware my website i lost a lot of the uh, after that so any tips how to do it right i mean like okay. to say uh, yeah yeah there's a couple ways to go so you know i mean if you're offering a subscription model that is like a community type of a subscription there's a ton of software like um mighty networks or kajabi i mean these types of places can build that within their system that allows for rebilling because that's the hard part is you know keeping the credit card data and you know, getting that rebilling and not having to micromanage that situation. Now, if you want to offer a tech solution, I'm not really advocating um, building it from scratch. That is very expensive and obviously requires a lot of technology. So the solution that I offer is called bizinaboxsolution.com. And it's actually, it's a CRM. So we can help with lead management and let me give you back to the example I was giving you with the, the private investigator. So in this case, it's going to help private investigators manage their contacts, look at their opportunities. They're going to be able to market their company, get it listed out into the digital world through Google, build their website if they want to. I mean, it kind of is an all-in-one client management system, ultimately. So that's where you see um, it's a simpler version because it doesn't require coding. It doesn't require multi, you know, stitching things together. <laughs> That's where things get technical and you can oftentimes really get stuck. I mean, when we're talking about the technical side of it, you can often get stuck with um, privacy regulations, especially with the GDPR compliance. So we definitely want to make sure that it's as neat and tidy as it can be, because the more multifaceted it becomes, the more management that it entails, right? So that's, um, that would be, I guess, the way to look at that nice nice Lindsay, uh, i'm interested about uh companies that don't need such subscription model and um uh, for example let me share my short story about subscription as well so uh, we built tool a great tool uh, that can help to save time to uh group a list of keywords uh, and i think probably i think th that was the first version of this tool uh in the market and we decided to monetize the store to create a subscription model and we spent some time to do it but nobody knew about such things you know uh, so basically we needed to provide a free version and forget about subscription model just to give for free then if we have a loyal audience big audience it's better to monetize and new Patel. Uh, did something like this with his tools uber suggest so he provided a free version for a long time then he uh, adopted a paid version subscription model uh, i think when he bought uber suggest he did the same so this tool deserved a big audience then he uh, added a paid version and i today i understand that was a big mistake because nobody knew about this tool and we needed to give it for free and many other companies like Busumo, yeah they like provided a free version of uh, their tool like for 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 a year then they switched to uh paid version so can you tell 
how to figure out okay i can do it right now it's better to uh, monetize but uh, i'm not sure it's a good idea to do it from scratch because it's better to test with people to gain this loyal audience and uh, when someone can uh, uh, hide uh, data without having audience and ask for paying for this tool it's not good idea because people don't doesn't know don't know if they need to pay for that so any tips how to find this balance well it's interesting because i think what you're talking about is more of a just general tech like if we wanted to really build out a SaaS, like a service software as a service um like a new to market type of a solution absolutely yeah. it requires market testing and i think i think i mentioned that earlier too that that's something that if you're just getting started um market research is a big part of it that's part of why it takes a little bit longer than you know just building out an e-commerce store which even then you know i have a client who's got an e-commerce product and you were constantly testing the market to see what is relevant what people are looking for market research is just a part of business you know it's just something everybody really needs to know and the more intimately you know the people that want your product the better your marketing will be the better you can articulate the need um and then if you do want to build a list right because list building is paramount to anything else you at least know what some sort of um, intermediary solution you could give away for free to help build your list. And then now you can put together a nurture sequence to sell your subscription. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something just like any business model. You know, it does take time to get off the ground. And to be really candid with you, when I first launched my podcast um, back in 20, let's see, I think it was 2020, right, right around the right before the pandemic, though. Um, I was chasing passive income. It was called the passive income examiner because I was on a mission to really learn about online business. And I wanted to hear from the gurus and the best of the best. Well, the thing of it was it, it dawned on me, there really is no passive income. You know, everything requires time to some extent. So after going through that journey, I started realizing really what we want as entrepreneurs, as business owners is balance. We want to be able to balance our time and have financial freedom. We don't want to sacrifice it. Right. So I ended up rebranding my podcast to the freedom entrepreneur because, you know, it's just more realistic. And now the focus is helping people to build and scale a business that does give them that balance that ultimately can't, I mean, the way I envision it, you know, you could, you could set up your onboarding process, you could set up your team, but once you have all that, now you become the business owner, like going back to Robert Kiyosaki's quadrant, right? You have business owner or you have self-employed, you might be self-employed for a certain point, but at some point you should be able to scale a subscription model to the point where you are a business owner and you have a sellable asset. And that's really, that's a long game, right? That's not a short-term game. <laughs> Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, let's talk about my loving topic about mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them. I don't know how to start anything new without doing mistakes. It's part of the job. And uh, I think it's a good idea to avoid some mistakes. So basically, we need to do them and we need to avoid some of them by learning from other experience. Can you list mistakes that you see companies still do but can avoid tell me some you asked me to tell you some mistakes that companies still do but could avoid is that what you yes. said 
Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, a big one I ran across is um, Dub Sato, which is a software. They recently were launching a, um, a, a payment program because they were only integrated with Stripe and Square. And they wanted to launch their own like in-house payment program that allowed for credit card authentication. Um within their program mm -hmm. and they launched it. We were all excited about it because a lot, you know, Stripe and Square, they cost a lot of money. And so the whole big thing was that this was gonna be cheaper on credit card fees. And they launched it and a week later they pulled it. And I was really surprised by that. Cause I'm like, wow, they're a huge company. You would have thought that like they had tested it, they vetted it, they did all those things behind the scenes before taking it public. Um, and the reason is, and they, they, they were very forthcoming about it. They said that they had partnered with Chase and that Chase, I guess, didn't stand up to their part of the deal or something. And so it just didn't work out. And they just pulled it right off the market literally like five days after they launched it. That was a huge, that was like a huge company. It really surprised me to see that. But um, I mean, I think it goes back to what we were saying. You, you got to test. It, it, here's the thing I noticed. And this is the mindset. You know, we started with mindset. Now we're going to wrap up on the mindset because <laughs> the problem I'm seeing is so many people. And I, and I was guilty of this too. You know, I wanted a quick fix. I wanted something that was going to get me. And I'm the primary income earner in my family. So leaving my job meant that I needed something that was going to replace my income. And I didn't have time to waste. So I was super hungry, chasing after profit, trying to find the magic bullet that was going to, you know, make my money situation like a happy place. And that goes back to what we're talking about, because I wasn't chasing after passion. I was chasing profit. I mean, I learned a lot in that journey. But looking back, I would say that if, if you get a chance, and those of you listening, if you get a chance to really go into this with the mindset that it's a long game. And by long game, I'm saying like make a three-year plan and a one-year plan, like have milestones, but to expect us to be able to just instantly launch something and have it go gangbusters. I mean, that would be icing on the cake. Yes, it happens. Like 1% of businesses, first of all, 1% of businesses succeed. 1% <laughs> of the 1% are going to go gangbusters within the first, you know, 90 days of launch. So you have to be realistic. And if you can go into it with that mindset, you're going to handle the pitfalls and the challenges and the mistakes that are going to come up. You're going to be able to pivot. You're going to be able to learn from it. And you're going to be way farther ahead than other people who start and ultimately quit. Nice. Nice. Love it. Love it. Patience is part of the process without patience. It I don't know how to become an Instagram star overnight. You know, it takes time. Uh, it's the same with any model. You need to be patient to go ahead and believe that you will get results. Uh, Lindsay, I have people in my audience uh, who want to become experts in one day and uh, they want to start from scratch. And um, I have business owners and uh, founders of different companies, co-founders, and uh, they're looking for ways how to learn the basic to cooperate with great experts. Um, because from my personal experience, it's tough to hire anyone else if you don't know the topic, if you don't know how it works, if you don't know why we need to have it. So I want to ask you, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, 
it's your first day in subscription model. What will you do if you started from scratch? I mean, that's a great question because it's asking me to like pretend I don't know what I know, which would be yeah. hard. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think I would probably lean heavily on whatever I was good at or enjoyed doing and brainstorm, you know, try to think of, you know, like I said, ask yourself, what do you like to do? What are you good at? And then what problem can you solve? And when you put those three things together, you kind of have your, your mark, you kind of got your marching orders, right? You're like on your journey. But, um, you know, the next thing I would do is I would, I would get a mentor and I, I've been a big advocate of that. I've had a lot of mentors and coaches in my life, um, in all aspects, health, coach, health, mindset, and wealth. And I think it's really important to have somebody who's walked that journey before you, um, to help guide you. I definitely believe that it collapses time. Is it going to make it happen overnight? Not necessarily, but it definitely helps you get farther faster. And you have a lot of the guesswork and the, and the Mickey Mouse stuff that goes on, you know, the, the start, stop, the doubting yourself, the questions, all those things that we go through when we're in the very beginning journey of entrepreneurship, it definitely helps to move through that a lot faster. Um, you know, and so that's my, that's my advice. Those would be the steps I would take. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome steps. And my final question about the future, uh, technologies are growing fast. Uh, you mentioned about AI that you had bad experience with, uh, AI video. Uh, but today most companies adapt to AI, uh, most specialists adapt to AI. I use a lot AI tools. I speak with ChatGPT more often than with my wife, uh, <laughs> because I want to get these answers, uh, that my wife can give me. <laughs> right. I, I understand. I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so yeah, I want to ask, uh, about the future. Uh, can you tell your crystal ball? And let us know what kind of future will be in subscription model uh, because we have AI, we have uh, uh, Apple is going to launch augmented reality, this headset, I don't know how it looks, we'll see um, uh, in a few months. Uh, so your prediction about the future. You know, I was just talking to my son, he's 15. So if you ever want to like think about the future, just think about our children, like the next generation, right? Um, he and I were just just chatting about AI because we listened to the WAN podcast together and they were talking about the year anniversary of ChatGPT. And I looked at my son and I said, oh, can you believe it's only been a it's been a year already? Like that was so life changing. That's like he, I said, that's like when TV was invented, like it just changed the world. But he's like, yeah, but it happened even faster because when TV was out, think about this. Not everybody could go get a TV, like only a rich people could get TVs to start, right? But with our chat GPT and AI, it was like instantly worldwide, boom, here it is. And our life hasn't been the same since. I, I can't even imagine what the next year is going to hold. I am totally here for it. I'm excited to see where it comes. Um, I think it's just made business and it, it's given people so much more freedom to be able to do things that they couldn't do before in, in such all new capacities. But I truly am just kind of like a fly on the wall in observing mode. And I'm excited. I don't really nice. have any. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I found that all experts are excited, but someone who has time to complain, they lose. <laughs> you know, so, and according to data, 5% of marketers and content creators lost their jobs. It's not because of AI, not because of AI, uh, because of someone who adapted to AI and can replace them. For example, I increase my results a lot with AI. When AI appealed, I used before ChatGPT, then I started to use a lot more and I grew my results. Uh, uh, I'm going to pay more attention to this tool and I think it's a good idea to anyone. 15 years or my son, uh, 13 years, it doesn't matter. You need to learn AI. You need to think how to adapt in your uh, life, business strategy, whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Lindsay, it's a big pleasure. Thanks a lot for taking your time, for sharing all these valuable bombs. I'm going to listen one more time to this episode to think about my subscription model that I'm going to launch soon and tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, the best way is to check it out at lindsaysutherland.com, just my website. You can connect with me there. All the links you need to everything I do is easy to find, lindsaysutherland.com. Nice. Guys, you can find a link, the link to uh website in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. Guys, I recommend to anyone to follow Lindsay, to reach out and tell that you heard about Lindsay on this podcast because I'm going to follow Lindsay uh, to whatever will come in the future and probably I will cooperate with some of my clients so I need to speak to them to figure out how we need to implement the strategy. Okay guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmess. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.